Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. Episode 472 is a full episode interview with the amazing performer, Lucy Hart. Warning, this show is only for adults who like sex. Does your dick hang low? Does it dangle to and fro? Can you tie it in a knot? Can you tie it in a bow? (laughs) Don't worry. Dick will be coming. Welcome to the Covert Nation. Here he is. Dick Dangle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 472 of Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. Welcome to the Pervert Nation. I am your host, Dick Dangle, and joining me for an introduction to this episode is the wonderful content creator extraordinaire. She is award-nominated. She is an amazing gardener. And she is everything that you could possibly want in a dream maker and more. It is Madeline Ray. How are you doing? We're doing great. Fantastic. Yeah. I appreciate you being a part of this introduction to this show because we have an epic interview with the amazing performer Lucy Hart. And you have actually said to me before we started recording that like, oh, I know you have a long interview with them, but I want to be part of the introduction. So first, let me say thank you so much to Jay Capito of Why Not for the reintroduction to Miss Hart when it comes to us having this interview. Uh, We were able to do a little bit of talking before we had the interview come about, so it was really appreciated by me for this to happen. But Madeline Ray, you actually have a connection with Miss Hart, so could you please tell the listeners about it? So it is a very indirect connection, but, but, but. Uh, Lucy's kind of the reason I'm here where I am right now okay. because of all of the information that she had put out a few years ago in regards to creators gaining more knowledge and doing better for their businesses. And I was uh, browsing Perv out and was checking out the knowledge section and I stumbled across an interview with Lucy, AJ, and I think King Noir. And AJ was from uh, Elevated X. And I started looking at Elevated X and I was like, maybe, maybe, maybe. And I waffled back and forth. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. AJ wouldn't take this on. This isn't my area. Okay. But then I was like, you know what? One of the things I always heard Lucy say, if I can do it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. I was like, so I emailed him and everything just kind of unfurled from there. And just thanks to Lucy sharing all of that information that she's gathered over the years, it helped. It helped. So big heart. I've always admired Lucy. That's amazing. And I'm glad when people like yourself 
share those kind of stories and show the positive impact that different people in the industry can have on either new performers or just truly giving out information to really show how it works. There is a bit of a system to Mm -hmm. being a performer, being a content creator, being a model, and to have someone that said, hey, listen, here's what I have learned, and this may apply to Mm -hmm. you, this may help you, that is fantastic. Yeah. 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 I originally interviewed Lucy a number of years ago, and since then, she has gone through a true metamorphosis, be it professionally or personally, and we get into that right away in the interview, and I am so happy and humbled at how honest and open she was about her entire experience. I think it's going to make a lot of people listening to it understand things a little bit better and Mm -hmm. maybe help people. I think that when they hear somebody that has gone through this process, it may set them at ease to what is going on in their own head and in their own heart. And to be able to do it the way she does with ease and comfort, with humor and a lot of personality It's as perfect an interview about so many different topics that you could possibly have. We do get serious a little bit in the middle as we talk about some of the items that are affecting the industry currently, but we also have a lot of fun throughout the interview, and I know everyone's just going to absolutely love it. So thank you so much to Lucy for this opportunity, and Thank you very much for your story and joining me for this introduction to this interview. Thank you for letting me do that because I was a big ball of nerves. I was like, oh, (laughs) but yeah, no, seriously, if it wasn't for that knowledge and education just left there for everybody to see. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know everyone listening is going to enjoy it. And I know that as always, they enjoy you, Madeline Ray. So thank you very much for joining me for this episode. Thank you, love bug. Aw, thank you. So, dear listeners, please enjoy my interview with Lucy Hart. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please take care of yourselves and each other. Pay for your porn and support amazing content creators like Lucy Hart and the sweet Madeline Ray. <laughs> Find something that feeds your soul and do it as often as you possibly can. And of course, dangle on. My guest has been a mainstay in the industry, be it as a performer or as a business visionary, and the sense of creativity has been the forefront of her success. Now entering a new phase of her career, she will without a doubt continue to make fans and take home awards. She has been featured in Mike Magazine and on numerous podcasts, and I am honored to have her on my podcast as well. It is a pleasure to bring to you the lovely Lucy Hart. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. I'm uh, I'm living in Brooklyn. I don't know if you can hear the police sirens. Oh, yes. But that's, I don't think they're coming for me. Okay, <laughs> 
they're not going to get me alive. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see if they're listening to the conversation and what you what you have to say about them, and then you know if the door breaks down and the connection goes out, then we know. Yeah, if I get swatted, then it'll be a really interesting show. That's right. <laughs> yes, it will. Really good. <laughs> so before we get started, can you please tell everybody where they could find you online and on social media? Absolutely. So all my social media stuff is Mama Heart X at Mama Heart X. So it's M-A-M-A-H-A-R-T-X. And I'm about, we'll get into it in the show, but I sold my old business. I'm starting a new one. It should be all live soon. It's called Nice Feelings. And uh, so the new one's called Nice Feelings. So it's going to be nicefeelings.com, nicefeelingsmerch.com, you know, all that stuff. So Nice Feelings and Mama Heart X. That's the things to remember. All right. Very nice. So uh, before we really get started, let me say happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I feel wiser. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I would hope that uh, we will actually get to something you said about that towards the end of the interview. But that is a very good feeling when you're like, yeah, I think I think I got this now. Yeah, I was. Um, I mean, I was a straight up dumbass till I was like 35. <laughs> and now I'm like 44 and it just keeps getting better. And I know, like, you know, my body's going to keep deteriorating. So, like, there's downsides to getting older. But like. Holy shit, all my personal relationships are nicer. Work is like makes sense now, mm. you know? Like all these little decisions you make throughout the day, they just get if you're young and you're listening to this and you're like, "Why is life so hard?" It gets I promise, at least for me, it got so much better. I just had to get better at it. Yeah. You know? For me, because um I have battled depression my entire life and the, oh. and you always get people that try to give you like really quick almost gif like uh words of advice and I always see it online they say you can't love anybody else in, until you love yourself and it makes me very unhappy to hear that because just for just for some reason that never resonated but what does resonate with me and this has definitely happened as i have gotten older i respect myself more and that yeah i feel that yeah oh yeah i feel that i think a lot of it's it's a lot of things at once right like i know it's saturday night it's eight o'clock i'm in probably one of the cooler parts of new york right now there's so much fun shit happening outside, and I'm totally okay with staying home in my pajamas. Right. <laughs> like, I am not, because I'm 44 years old. I'm not like, I don't feel like I'm missing out on shit because I already did a bunch of shit in my life. So I'm like, less likely, you know, I re- I'm like, well, you know, I need to catch up on sleep. I need to do my skincare. I need to get my affiliate program going. So that's what I'm going to do with my Saturday night, you know? And that, you know, I mean, that wasn't happening when I was younger. I was like, well, I have to go out and I have to go spend the money and the time and hurt my body and then yeah. <laughs> get sad and then <laughs> say things I regret and then spiral about it later. And then all these, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't know. Getting old is awesome. Yeah. I like oh, it. I feel that though. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to be back on your show. Well, yeah, thank you. So uh, I'm happy to have you on again because I think you are the perfect person to have this conversation with. And throughout this, I will do my best to be respectful. But the last time you were on the show, you were Lance Hart. And that was episode 255, which we did that uh, Vegas 2020, like right before everything hit the fan. 
That's when it was. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that seems like 20 years ago. <laughs> Doesn't it? Oh, was like, <laughs> yeah. When, when I look back, I was like, holy smokes. And you have since transitioned to Lucy Hart. So what yeah. made this the right time to go through this process? And did going through it during the pandemic make it more difficult? Well, it kind of, it's hard to say if the pandemic made me do it. You, um, oh, here's what I know. I, uh, maybe a year or so after that podcast, I was, I remember I was 42 years old. I had built a business. It, my business had run for multiple years at that point and run itself. Like I got into, it's sort of the entrepreneur's dream, right? Like I had worked my ass off and did everything and worked 80, 90 hour weeks for years and sacrificed everything just to get this business going. And then um, it, it was finally cooking and it was it, years in a row, just profits kept increasing and I was just running payroll. I was sitting at home running payroll. I was retired, you know, and for all intents and purposes, financially speaking, yeah. I was retired, right? Um, now, I still love porn. I love to perform. I, li I like to do stuff. I, I wasn't going to like sit on my butt, but I was like, wow, that's weird. You know, and I was like 42 years old. And I was like, well, this is like, now keep in mind when I was a kid, I was like diagnosed. I mean, they didn't, they don't use these words now, but at the time the diagnosis was like retarded. I mean, that's what they said <laughs> in oh, paperwork. Wow. It says retard, you know, so... I didn't think I would ever pull that kind of shit off. And um, I never planned on having kids. And at the time I was married. So I was kind of like, okay, did the home life thing, did the work thing. And I just, and you know, good friendships in my life and had showed up for my family, my parents, and my brother my whole life. And I was like, I kind of feel like I beat, I'm done with the game. I like I'm like if it was a video game, like I've played this game to the end. Like I don't know what else to do with my life as you know, and I was I didn't want to like off myself or anything. I was just like, Well, what the fuck am I gonna do now? Um and it always had been on my mind, like I knew I was trans. I I knew uh the first time I met a trans woman, I think I was in my young twenties. I was I didn't the first thought in my head was, Well, this is gonna be really hard when I do this. Like when I transitioned like her, this is going to be so hard. Fuck. Oh, I don't want to do it. You know, um, it wasn't, I didn't have any questions. I was like, well, that's me a hundred percent. And I had up until I was 42, I was like, well, I'll be a guy that wears fishnets sometimes and eyeliner and does femme stuff, you know, but it seems silly to like switch game, switch roles and be a girl. Cause I was kind of killing it as a dude, you know? Like I, I was, it was, uh, I don't know. I was, it was like a hot guy that like, you know, did, did man stuff. Well, you know, like I did, I don't know. Uh, my hobbies were like gun stuff and like driving big trucks and, you know, man stuff. And, and I was, I was kind of good at it. You know, I got really good at gun stuff and really good at, to me, what, it, what I always thought a man, if you were to define what is a man, like what's a, a man supposed to be. Uh, I never thought about physical attributes. I thought about integrity, you know, doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. And, um, uh, being a protector, like someone who protects people, makes them safer and, uh, accountable, like someone you can count on, you know, like, I guess like my dad, my dad's all those things, you know what I mean? So I, I thought, and I, that's all I, in my whole, and it, so at 42 years old, basically don't have shit to do. And I'm just thinking all the time, just like, 
okay, I, I can't man any harder, you know? And, and, and I started looking back at my life and I was like, almost every month on month, I would look, I would be like, how do I have more integrity? How do I do? There's one person I feel like I kind of maybe let down because I was like five minutes late to a meeting. I got to get better at this. You know what I mean? Like I was just really obsessed with like being this like man, man. And not that I don't really, a lot of people think I like macho stuff is man stuff, but I, I'm more like just the, emotional spiritual shit like i just thought that's what a man is so anyway uh i felt like i didn't have anywhere else to go i was like i was like well i did it i did it as good as you could do it you can't man any harder than this i don't know i'm fucking done um and then the thought just wouldn't leave my head of like well when am i going to transition when am i going to transition you know is it too late doing it at 42 years old is way different than doing it when you're 20 is medically speaking and like like the process and like uh I mean, anybody like if I just wanted to pass as female, I could have gained 150 pounds and wore a wig and put on a muumuu, right. and then pe- people would have said, "Oh, that's a female." I just would have looked like an obese female, you know. But like that's, but in order to be what I wanted to be, which you know, it's like a kind of sexy, sexually powerful woman, you know, like like a, a woman that kind of more like mom. And, you know, uh, more of a feminine protector, caretaker, accountable person, you know, um, and I, I, I for some reason, and this isn't really true, but I, I saw the way the path to get there is to also be sexy, you know, like, how am I going to do this and be sexy? Um, so I was scared, man. I didn't want to do it, but I, I was really scared. And I thought I try, I'll just, I'll, you know, I'm, maybe I'm more non-binary went through that kind of thing. And I probably am. I mean, you know. I spent my first half of my life as a male and doing the second half as a female. It's pretty non-binary, I guess. I don't know. You know, and I, I feel like I could – I still do very masculine things, you know, and identify that way. But um, so I tinkered with that for about a month. I was just going with – I'm not binary. That's it. it but I'm still going to look the same and use the same pronouns and everything. I'm just, you know, non-binary. That's it. And it was very in style at the time in 2021 to come out as non-binary. Like every, everyone – you know, it seemed like everywhere you go, someone was coming out as non-binary. Um, and it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't it, you know what I mean? And I knew, I knew I was like, fuck, I'm gonna have to do this. I'm gonna have to really do this. So, so I set out a plan and I was like, all right, shit, let's see what, what's it going to take for me to be basically to look like, look, talk and walk like a hot milf, you know, like, can I do that? Is that possible? And there was like a lot of surgery involved and of course, hormones, a lot of hair removal. That's like really tedious and painful and then um therapy um speech therapy you know going to changing my voice because that, that doesn't happen from hormones if you're going femme you have to manually change your larynx like you have to train it oh. to sound different so um clothes makeup hair jesus christ i mean just so many things at learning as a 42 year old and it just became my new thing i was doing you know, I was like, well, that's, I don't really work so much anymore. You know, this is what I'm doing. So that's what I did. And so for the next year and a half, that's kind of all I did, just full-time job, just turn myself into a lady. And, um, I did six surgeries in about a year and a half and, uh, five of them were in eight months. Ooh. And then I took a little time off and then I did another one, uh, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, I think that's it for surgeries for me, I hope. But, uh, about 300 hours of hair removal, you know, and, um, between electrolysis and, and laser, you know, uh, 
I got a the best hormone doctor you could get. This guy, Dr. Powers, is the bee's knees as far as – he's kind of like – I don't know. He's, he's, he's like – it's not a clout thing, but just as like a marker of how good he is. He's like where the celebs go, you know what I mean, when they want to transition. Like this guy's fucking good, and uh, he's in Michigan, so I started flying out to see him, and uh, speech therapy, you know. Um, shout out to your lessons now. That's who does my speech therapy. It's nice, nice lady named Tris has hooked it up. And really, we get so nerdy every Monday. We do a, we, a Skype call, oh, okay. or sorry, Zoom call, and every Monday for an hour, we get nerdy with a voice. I mean, it's like learning how to sing, I guess, you know. But um, but it's your talking and thinking and coughing and sneezing and everything, you know. Um, so went at it. You know what I mean? Here we are, having looked back. So um, that's kind of a long answer to the question, but that's kind of what I did, you know. What's been the procedure that took you the longest to get used to? Because I'm sure everything feels like a new toy that you kind of want to play with. Like sure. I know, I know for me, like showers would take forever. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, well, the biggest game changer was the easiest one. Honestly, the boob job was like out of all the surgeries, easiest thing. I mean, it really barely hurt. Um, when I woke up from anesthesia, I was in a great deal of pain. I mean, it meant like it felt like there was a car on my chest. I was like, "What the fuck?" And I said that to the doctor. I was like, "I uh, this is fine. I just uh, I did not know it hurt like that." <laughs> and then I fell back asleep, and then I woke up, and then the pain was like gone. And I guess I don't know if it's like a momentary thing, or my body's getting used to it, or he shot me up with something good or something. Right. I don't know, but it like from then on, it just felt like I worked out my pecs. Like I did a really hard chest day okay. for like a few weeks, and I was like, "Well, this is fucking nothing." And um, that was the first surgery I did, so I kind of spoiled myself because every other one was like gnarly, you know, <laughs> just like, "Oh my god, it's like a body horror movie," you know, like, "What do we?" Ah, um, but the boobs that changed everything. I mean, I literally to the, every day I wake up, I touch my boobs. I'm like, oh, these are awesome tits. I still like women, you know, like I've always been attracted to femmes. I mean, I like guys too, but I'm more into feminine types, you know, love titties. So I wake up and I got my own titties to play with. I'm like, what the fuck this is awesome? Yay. And they're really nice. They're like really nice tits, like really nice tits. So yeah, that's always fun. And then, uh, Dressing them up, going out, uh, bra shopping sucks. I mean, I did that today. I went to Saks to try bras, and I was like, scratch that off the list. No, I mean, not, nothing wrong with Saks, just none of their bras fit me, you know? Okay. So I was like, all right, it's a thing for any woman, but then also I think for trans women it's extra weird because our bodies are just a little bit wonky. A lot of us, not all of us, but like I still have big lats. My back muscles are really big. Mm -hmm. So – that makes it fit funny, you know, and I just have like a wider upper section, like sternum, you know, so I just got to find a company that makes bras that fit. But but that being said, a push up bra that almost fits and like a low cut T-shirt is fucking awesome. Right. Like I wear that and I just feel powerful, you know, I feel like awesome. It makes people happy. I walk into a room, people smile. They're like, oh, titties. You know, it, it just makes me so happy. Um, so that's fucking cool. And I'm actually glad you brought that up because when it comes to uh, your physique, you've always carried very little body fat and, you know, you've always had good muscularity. 
how has this this process changed that and has it changed how you've had to work out and does it because you've been working out the way you have for so long is that process taking a little bit longer than you want or are you okay with the physique that you have through this transition well i am now it there was a you know there's a little dark period where i had done so i did the boobs and they were still settling in so they were like up in my chin they looked like i had giant hard pec muscles but like even higher up and then right after that i did hip implants butt implants and midsection lipo and lipo in my arms and my uh my back upper back and um when you do lipo uh, you actually get – it looks like the opposite for like a few months. I mean for like two, three months, you're bloated anywhere they like took it out. It's like – so like if you had a big belly, you lipoed it out. You're going to have a bigger belly by like a lot okay. for like a couple months, and then it goes back down. And then you're like, whoa, I'm ripped. This is cool. <laughs> um, so I had never had a belly. I had always had – since I was a kid, I mean I just always – I was a runner in high school, and then after that, I just worked out. And then I was a model, you know, I was a gay porn model, so I had to keep fit. So I'd always had ripped abs, right, my whole life. And then I get on hormones, and uh, all of a sudden I'm bloated. I'm like, whoa, I got a belly. And then I was like, it, I thought it was fat. I, I didn't know it was bloated. I thought, oh, my God, I'm getting like a fat belly. I thought the fat was supposed to go to my butt and legs, not my belly. Like, you know, when you get on hormones, changes your fat distribution. And I was like, this isn't working. What's going on? Well, in retrospect, I know now I was just bloated. Because hormones make you bloated, so I had to learn probiotics, prebiotics, stuff like that to help the bloating, cut down on salt, start doing lymphatic drainage massage to get rid of the bloating. But I did have – I had a little bit of fat in the wrong places like over my obliques, which accentuated them, which was really small. But because my hips were so narrow, uh, if I wore like leggings and a tight T-shirt, I just it just looked wrong. It was like not really – like, ooh, that's gross or unattractive. It just was like uncanny because I had such big arms at the time still and I had big upper body and I was still going through hair removal. So I still had like stubble on my face, but then I had boobs and then I had a really narrow pelvic bone and, and hips and then like jacked arms. And, it, and you know, it, it was like this for me, at least, a lot of people can be confident that way and, and they're awesome. And I, I envy that. I would, God, life would be easier if I could just call it good like that. But I couldn't, I couldn't deal. So, so I lipoed out what I could. And when I was recovering from that, I was bloated everywhere. Uh, I couldn't sit or walk. I could lay down flat and I could stand straight up. And that was it because of the hip implants and butt implants uh, okay. and big old belly. Um, tits are still sore and sticking out up weirdly. I was prepping for a penis surgery to make my dick work. Cause when you get on femme hormones, not for everybody, but from a lot of people, your dick just stops working. Oh, okay. it, it's, you're just like, it's done. And, uh, I didn't like that. I like to fuck people. I like to talk. Like, I don't, I'm not interested in having a vagina. I want to keep a dick. Mm. Um, and so I was prepping to get, uh, an inflatable implant we, a lot of male porn stars do it. It's basically like a robo dick. Like you, you pump it up like a Reebok pump, oh, you know? Okay. And, um, it's cool. It's cool as fuck. Yeah. But uh, but prepping for it meant I had to stretch my penis with like a penis pump, like a sex toy penis pump, twice a day. So 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night, I'm doing this really painful dick stretching. It like really hurts the tissue, and you're just like, ow, oh, you know? And I can't sit. 
or walk. And I'm bloated as fuck. And I still got hair on my chest, like hairy tits and hairy knuckles and like hairy face. And um, that was dark. <laughs> like it was a tough, tough time. Um, and uh, but I, you know, I just, I just had to have some kind of faith. Like, well, it, it wasn't even really faith. It was more like, well, I got this far. There's no going back. Like, what am I going to do? Undo the tits. Right. Go get my tits removed and get on mask hormones, like, and then my dick still doesn't work, and fuck that, you know. I'm going forward. Let's just see where this goes. That's kind of where I was. So, kept pushing through, and then the bloating got better. I did get the penis implant. It's fucking awesome. Um, at the same time, because they've done all that anal, you know, like a lot of anal in my career, mm. uh, mostly with toys. I, I broke my butthole, okay. like it had just totally broke. So, um. It really hurt to when I could sit down again after I healed from the hips and the butt. It hurt to sit down because my butthole was just like ouchy. You know what I mean? So I had to get a butthole surgery. Okay. <laughs> Squeeze that in. Um, so got a new butthole, got a new dick. Now I got hips, butt, tiny waist, big tits, all the hairs removed. You know what I mean? We're getting there. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, out of all of that, the butthole surgery sounds the worst to me. <laughs> it was tough. It was, you know, to tell you the truth, the actual surgery, the only hard part about the butthole surgery, and it was hard, I mean, it was brutal, was taking a shit, like yeah, pooping. exactly. That was, I mean, it was just Hulk screaming <laughs> on the toilet, just like, <laughs> it just hurt. They cut my butthole seven different ways. Oh, my goodness. So I had seven, like, scalpel cuts in my butthole. And then you got to you gotta clean your butt after you, you, you poop and you get through all that. You got to get to the shower, blast water up your butt, and it stings so bad it hurts. And you just feel like you're going to pass out. Wow. So I'm like, am I going to die in the shower? Am I going to, like, flip and fall and die? Is this how I go? <laughs> and then I would dry it off, and that hurt. And then I would just, like, make my way to the sofa. And just lay on the sofa and just, like, cry and eat a popsicle. Like, I, a couple times I called friends. Like, can you please come over? I'm saying shit. I just want someone to be with me after. Aww. I just want someone <laughs> to, like, sit next to me. Not want to take a shit. It's fine. Just, like, be with me after. Right. And, sometimes, and people would. I mean, you know, I got good friends. They'd be like, yeah, I'll be over. And we just eat popsicles and just, <laughs> just like, lay there. <laughs> and, but, it, you know, that, that period was, like, two, three weeks. And then, it, and then it got better. You know what I mean? And then now my butthole's dope. I mean, it's like a beautiful hole. It's great. It's tight, though. I got to stretch it. I'm still stretching every day. Yeah. So I can, like, take, take dick again, you know? Yeah, I was wondering how that that works because now you went from something that, you know, was <laughs> well used, I guess you could say, yeah. to this thing where yeah. you have to actually be careful with it. Oh, so, yeah, because I'm never going through that surgery again. Right. I mean, oh, I hope not. God, I would hate to do it. I know of a few of a few people who did the same surgery as me, like porn performers, and then broke their butthole and had to do it again. Ugh. And I was just like, fuck that. So I'm not taking any anal work. I'm being super careful. I have two butt plugs in my shower, and they're, you know, the uh, a smaller and a bigger one. Okay. And every time I shower... I just work them in there and I follow the doctor's orders. Like I fuck my butt just exactly the way the surgeon told me to, to safely stretch it out. And, uh, and it's getting there. It's getting bigger. You know what I mean? I'm about to upgrade to a bigger plug soon. So, uh, but you know, you gotta be diligent. You can't like take time off from that. You gotta, every time you take a shower, fuck your butt. Yeah. So it's a thing. 
Um, That's one to grow on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but man, I mean, it was, it was a hell of a year and a half. I tell you, um, but so worth it. And, and all along the way, like, uh, I had felt when I, but right when it's 42, right before a transition, like I kn- I would often be like, I know I have friends. I have a lot of friends. Why, why don't I hang out with anyone ever? Mm-hmm. You know, like, why don't I ever, I'm always just not with any, you know, like this sucks. Um, and then when I was going through something really hard, I just reached out to basically anyone I knew people who I wouldn't have thought of as close friends, but I just got along with them. And then other people who I'd known for 20 plus years and very quickly I could see like, okay, these are the people to get closer to. And some of them I'd only like met once at a porn convention. We just kind of got along really good, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I started, I had all these airline points. So I was like, look, you're in New York. I'm in Vegas. I'll fly you out. Can you please just like pajama party with me for four days? Cause I gotta, I'm getting over the surgery and I won't be able to leave the house. And, uh, some people took me up on that and we became so much closer and just, you know, it's like therapy on steroids. We're just in our pajamas, nothing to do for four days, eating snacks and watching movies and talking and really talking and really listening to each other. And, um, it's beautiful. I mean, I, I feel like I found my people. They're already there, but I feel like I really like, like it's priceless to know who it's safe to really love hard in your life. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. You know? So now it's like no question. It's like no quite Like there's people I could list them off. I trust, you know, like really trust. And then there's other people who are like, I think they're cool and I'll work with them, but I don't know about anything outside of that. Or I think they're cool and I won't work with them, but I'll get dinner with them. Like I had to go through that process, sort of like a cleaning house in my relationships. And it's worth it. So worth it, you know? When you see this new version of yourself through your own eyes, is it, for the lack of a better term, surreal? Like are you seeing the person you kind of always pictured in your head? I mean, it depends. Like there's, I mean, I just got a face surgery. So like, it's weird now, you know, I look in the mirror and I'm like, Oh, that's what it looked like right now. Huh? But, (laughs) um, prior to this surgery, I mean, this one will settle and then I'll feel this way again, but prior to the surgery and for the maybe four or five months before that, yeah, I would look in the mirror and be like, that's, that's me. And I would get so happy, get like giddy on the inside. Like that's finally me, Yeah. you know, cause for my whole life, I, I didn't know if everyone felt this way, but I didn't. I never recognized myself in the mirror. Hmm. Like I'd look in the mirror, I knew it was me, obviously, because you know, light, science, right? I'm like, <laughs> obviously me. I'm the one in front of the mirror. Right. But uh, it didn't seem like me. You know, I was like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just tried harder to make it better. Like, well, maybe if I'm more sexy, or if I'm more uh, lovable, or if I'm more uh, more of a man. You know, I mean, if I win more awards or if I do, ah, then maybe I'll feel like me. And I never did. You know, I don't regret any of that other stuff. It's cool. But like didn't fix the actual problem. Mm. Of course, the content you film will change. But do you feel that the style of performing will change, be it either how you film it or how the finished product feels? Well, Performance wise, this could change, but as of now and since I've come into what Lucy is, I'm much more dominant. Um, 
And Lance had always played very submissive roles. You know, I was always getting tortured, torture fucked, or fucked in the ass, or ball busting, or all kinds of stuff like that. And it was cool. I liked it. You know what I mean? It was cool. But I'm not interested in that now, you know, uh, in the slightest, as far as me performing. Um, and that could change. I mean, I do want things in my butt. I love things in my butt. I can't wait to take dicks in my butt. But I'm not going to be, like, subby about it. Oh, okay. From what I can see now. More like assertive. Like, I'm going to make your dick come in my ass kind of thing. Over, please fuck my ass, daddy. You know what I mean? It's just different. It's a different vibe, right? Um, also, I'm just older. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. But, um, but as far as making the movies, I have a formula... I've tinkered with and I don't want to say perfected, but I've really fine tuned um, in terms of production, like how to make porn in one day, uh, how to spend a day of production. It's worked this whole time. So I'm just going to keep doing that. Like as far as uh, how to run my shoots, uh, like, for example, I, I shoot four movies a day as opposed to just one. Um, and I shoot everyone just shoots one pretty much. And I, I shoot four, and I do that by knowing which corners to cut, you know? Okay. Like, like I book people, and from the DM, like like before the booking email, there's normally a DM. Like you Twitter DM someone or you text someone like, hey, you thinking about booking you? Can I send you an email? And they're like, yeah. From that till the movie is on the internet or on DVD or on cable, um, you got to have consent all around. You know, you got to communicate. Everything's everything's cool, right? Like we're all we're all good. We're happy about this. It's not just something we're doing for money. Like we really like this. Uh, that's priority one. And then once that's covered, the next limit is people's you know energy and time. Mm -hmm. Just respecting their like, hey, I don't want to like underpay you for the day or overwork you for the day. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about like what what do you what do you do and like what are you cool with in a day. And you, you get – I only work with people who are like mature – who I feel are mature enough to answer that question. They're not going to be like, I'll do whatever. Uh, you know, right. like I, I want to know like if they're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm down for like four hours of shooting. That's it. After that, I get feisty. Right. And I'm like, cool. All right. Let's we'll do it in four hours. You know, and once you get that down, then you get the limits down of like what are we – you know, getting things going in your butt. Are you cool with eating cum? You know, you figure that out. Mm -hmm. Um then I just fill in the blanks. Okay, how do I get four 15-minute video files and some still images out of out of this and out of what they gave me? Yeah. And I, I plan that. And I don't like spend much time planning it. I just kind of know automatically. Like mm. and for me, creativity. I don't. I don't sit down. And I'm like, let's create. I create a vacuum. I, I empty up space in my mind, and I'm just like, this is blank now. And then I just let it get filled. I don't know if I'm feeling it or the universe or nature or some kind of God or something. You know, I don't know. I just, it's just like no, nature hates a vacuum, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just like no vacuums. So create a vacuum. It's going to get filled with shit. So that's how I look at creativity. So once I have the limits and everything, I create a vacuum with that. And I'm like, okay, this is blank space. We know the rules, rules of engagement. What happens? And then my mind is immediately like, well, obviously Superman gets fucked in the kitchen. For the first video. <laughs> oh, of course. Because I have a Superman suit and it fits the first model and the second model is cool with topping and Superman's cool with bottoming and my kitchen's well lit. So that's the first thing we're going to do. And the second thing, since we're in the kitchen, we're obviously going to move straight down to the, the backyard because by then the sun will be out. You know what I mean? Like it just, it just kind of autopilot. Yeah. 
So that's how I make the movies. And then uh, with nice feelings with the new production, it's going to be a mix of obviously trans content because I'm going to be in a bunch of it. I'm trans. Um, and then some kind of power dynamic like, you know, Dom's uh, stuff, but nothing – not like Hink.com where there's like this is a dungeon and it's people tied up and yes, mistress, no mistress, yes, sir, no, sir. Like, it's not like that. Yeah. It's more like, you know, stepmommy is – tying up the the nice younger person under the stairs and and edging them oh. you know what i mean and then maybe a little flogging or this and that you know but some kind of bdsm mixed with queer shit you know yeah okay like we talked about actually in the beginning you have always been creative and an amazing business person you know building brands and unique niche content sites and as you said you recently sold your sites what made you choose to do so instead of having more of an overseeing kind of managerial ownership role of it well at first i wasn't gonna sell because i mean it's a great uh, i'll never have a, a financial asset like that again i mean maybe i will but it was cra- I was, I was Profit, I was making 70 grand a month just sitting at home running payroll. You know what I mean? Like I was just sitting at home. I had to work for an hour a week (laughs) and it was great. And then every, I had a person, I had a director directing the movies for me, editors editing, an affiliate manager, affiliate managing, email blast person doing that, uh, someone doing the booking. I just literally paid everybody. And um, so I never would have sold that. I mean, that was dope, but. Uh, all these surgeries, at first, health insurance is going to cover them. So I signed up for them. I was like, sweet, let's do them all. Right. Um, one by one, uh, Anthem was like, nope, sorry, nope, sorry. And they every time they were like oh, about a week before the surgery, like I get an email or a letter in the mail like, hey, we decided to decline this claim, so we're not going to pay for it. Wow. And um, so five times in a row, I basically had to – just come up with 50 or 60 grand Oof. just out of the blue. And the, the first time I was like, damn, well, good thing I make good money. Second time I was like, damn, well, good thing I make good money, but I'm tight now. Cause I just spent 60 grand on something else. Now I'm spending another 60 grand. Oh, okay. And then meanwhile, I'm going to hair removal almost every day, which is costing me two, 300 bucks a day. Mm-hmm. You know, little things like, trying to figure out what i wear i was going through i was buying all these clothes as cheap as i could but i was still like spending so much money on like how do i dress mm-hmm. and like learning how to do makeup and you know it's just, we're just burning money um the third time anthem denied a claim i was like i don't have the money for the surgery and it's scheduled and i did all the it was the penis one i think and i did all the prep work oh no it was the butthole one um my butthole hurt like it hurt really bad every day i was like i I can't keep living like this. Like I have to do something. So I put that one on a credit card and then there's like 20 something grand. And then the next surgery, I was like, okay, I have insurance to cover on this. And I'd done all that penis stretching for like months at this time. And I found out it wasn't covered. And I was like, fuck me. So I had to put that on credit cards. And then the next one, the face one was supposed to get covered. That was 70 grand. And, um, at this point, my cards are maxed out, and uh, you know I'm, I'm just like tapped. Out. I'm still making good money. You know, it's coming in, but it's not coming in fast enough to cover the debt. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the face surgery wasn't covered last minute. And I was like seventy grand. Fuck. So I had to take out a business loan to like cover that. And I was like, shit. Okay. 
So at that point, even though I was making a lot of money, the monthly payments were greater than I was making. Okay. And I was like, uh, got to cash in something. What are we doing? And I couldn't go back to work yet because I just had massive face surgery. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't, I had no earning potential. Like I couldn't go perform. I couldn't think of a thing I could do to make enough money to cover the bills. So I just put my sites up for sale and sold them and cashed out. And, you know, it's sad to see them go, but honestly, it was a fresh start. And a lot of people I talked to that I respect said, you know, this is a good thing. Sucks financially, but. That is a network. It's an archive of Lance Hart, mm, okay. you know, of your old self. Yeah. And maybe it's good you just turn it over, you know. Mm. It's like passing on. And I was like, okay. All right. And it did. It felt like that. Like I, when I sold it, I deleted a bunch of shit off my computer, got rid of two email accounts that were Lance, all these logins I had, you know, when you're on a porn network, you have like a million logins to a bunch of shit and all that was gone. There's like, I can't think of one thing in my life that says Todd or Lance, you know, my old name. It just doesn't, it's gone. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> you know, like the only images I see of my old self are like, if I go to a sex shop, I mean, I had a gig modeling for sex toys. So like Lance Hart's like on the, cover of a bunch of like dildos and ball gags and stuff like that uh -huh. so every now and if i go i was just in a sex shop the other day and i was like ah, there he is. there's lance living on <laughs> living his best life in sex shops <laughs> looking tough and leather <laughs> so that's it it let it go it just let it go it felt so good to let it go wow. so another thing that i wanted to talk to you about is you are on the board of directors for the free speech coalition or fsc yeah yeah there's always a lot going on with legislation and bills and political oh, madness yeah. but one item i hear a lot about in adult news is the idea of age verification yeah can you explain to the listeners what most of the bills on age verification are about and what makes them problematic so thank you for asking. It's it's a – it's not really that complicated. Basically, uh, there's two states right now, Louisiana and Utah. They've already passed the laws, so it's, it's official. If you live in Louisiana or Utah, it's illegal for a porn site to display porn to anyone that has not verified their age. Okay. Um, what's unclear is how do people achieve – age verification on the internet. So like it's one of the bills, it's Louisiana or Utah. One of them I think says specifically uh, ID verification or face verification, okay. like some kind of facial recognition software, but it doesn't say how to do that. And there's no like standard. It's not like um, Apple pay which like okay. is pretty much standard now, you know, like everybody's like, Oh, we take, I'm in New York. Everybody takes Apple pay. Right. It's not like I have my age verification card in my cookies or whatever. You know what I mean? So what that means is my new sites that I'm starting, I can't, I have to geo block Louisiana and Utah. Oh, they can't okay. see my porn. So if they do see my porn, I'm subject to any civil litigation that they want. So anybody from now till forever, potentially, could sue me for damages because their 17-year-old watched my porn and it made him a trans person. Oh, uh, okay. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And they could and in their state where it's not so trans friendly, they could say, Well that yeah, that's a sickness. You gave my child a mental illness from your pornography and I'm suing you and I would have to go to court and fight it. And it could financially crush me. So I'm not taking the risk. I'm just not I'm geoblocking Louisiana and Utah. Um, now, if somebody comes out with something where people can use their webcam or their phone to like quickly age verify, like hold up an ID or some shit, yeah, maybe. But then, are people even going to do that when they're jerking off? Right. You know, like I don't think they are. I, I, I think I think it'll work maybe five years from now or some shit when like computers have moved on and, and phones have moved on and now our age is just part of our online identity. Right. And it's like verified, it's locked in somehow. Mm. Uh and it's not we're not there yet, you know? There's a few age verification systems in place and they're looking at this like, oh my God, we're gonna get rich. Now porn's illegal because it's not gonna stop Louisiana and Utah. There's seven other states that have bills on the table. And they're looking like they're going to pass. So it's getting to be where, like, I need to uh, – today I can't afford a lobbyist to let me know, hey, this new this bill just passed in um, Kentucky. Now you got to geoblock Kentucky too. Right. So I, I got to be in the habit of, like, looking at what laws pass in every all 50 states. That's crazy. Right. It's a big problem. And I'm just one little tiny up and coming network again. Imagine what Gamma and MindGeek are going through. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, oh my God, the money they're losing from two states already. So, what's happening is Utah and Louisiana, the most common Google search term is VPN. How do I VPN? I was just about to ask about that. So, how does yeah. it work with a VPN? So, as the pornographer, I. None of my business, not my problem. It would be illegal for me to tell people I get I don't, potentially illegal, I guess, if I was like, if on my website it said, hey, do you need a VPN? Here's a link. I would think that I'd be a little sus, right? Right. Um, but as the end users, I think they're just going to do like what India, China, and Turkey, and everyone else does. They're just going to every, like literally everyone's going to have a VPN. Right. You know, um, I think, I don't know, but I still got, it's on me to geoblock geo the state, right. you know? So FSC is fighting that we're doing the best we can, but we're tiny and underfunded, you know? Yeah. And we are the only entity that can fight that. We're the trade association. We're the only thing the government recognizes. Hmm. So APAC, APAG, the, you know, Swap or I forgot the other one was. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of really awesome entities that are out there to help sex workers, but when it comes to the eyes of the government, they don't really exist. Yeah, you know they're like, oh, what what is that? That's just like a Facebook group or like a Twitter group or it's a Twitter account, right? Mm. And in the end of the day, that's what it is. It's a Twitter account and they have a website too. You know what I mean? They have meetings and stuff, but yeah. like, uh, and I'm not trying to downplay them. They they're awesome. They're I'm, I'm just saying, in the eyes of the United States government. They look for, well, who's the official trade association? And that's FSC. Oh. So it's kind of fell on us. We're like, shit, we don't really, all right, let's figure this out, you know. Mm. So we just had a board meeting in Santa Barbara, and we spent a whole day talking about age verification. I'm like, what can we do? What's the plan? What are we going to do? And we, we came up with some shit, but, you know, mm. it's looking tough right now. Yeah. 
Are there any other issues that have come to the forefront recently that FSC is looking into? Yeah, there's a bunch. Uh, kind of in lines with age verification, there's the whole uh, – the government having to take uh, essentially revenge porn seriously, like like the idea of non-consensual porn. Yeah. Um, and there's all kinds of non-consensual porn, but the one that comes up is revenge porn. Like somebody is filmed and they didn't know they were filmed and their ex after the breakup says, I'm putting this on Pornhub. Fuck it. And then now they exist naked on the internet and they did not want to. Mm. Um, that sucks. That's it legitimately sucks. I hate it. Right. I don't think that should happen, but it does. So the government cares about that because the government cares about that. Google cares about that. Oh. And all the big entities care about that, you know? So that's, it's kind of hard to get into. And, and there's some, some, there's some things in, in the fire, but, um, we're working on, but, uh, it's it's a big issue and it's going to come up a lot more, yeah. you know. So we're working on that, and then with pass, I'm on the board of pass too. And we're we're fucking trying, man. The testing system is, uh, thank God, it still works pretty good, right. but we got some issues. Yeah. Um, basically, we got two private companies, Talent Testing and CET. Mm-hmm. That's where you go get your test. It's, uh, for non-porn people listening, let's say you want to go work with me. Like you're, you're, you got a scene booked with me. I need to know that you don't have HIV, chlamydia, syphilis, all the things, right? Mm. And you need to know that I don't have those things. And because we're not filming with condoms, they ain't gonna make money, right? So, so we're that we just, you gotta know, right? So if you go to a doctor and you go get a doctor's test, you're gonna get results in like two weeks. Mm. And then by that time, it's too late. Like yeah. you might have caught something along the way, but that's not gonna work. So, you got to get a test, and they have to be PCR tests, and they're expensive, and you got to get next day results. Mm. So, you know, it's expensive. It's hard to manage. And the labs that can do these tests, they're not cheap to build, so they don't, like, exist in every city. Like, there's one. TTS has one in Miami and Vegas, I think, and ZET has one in L.A. Mm. And now Clear is in, in the picture, too. They have one in Miami, I think. And they're kind of the only games in town. So, so then you go to like a Quest Diagnostics or a, uh, any lab now. You go to a draw center. Say you're in like Philly, right? You schedule your test through talent testing or CT or whatever. And then you go to the draw center and then they have to ship your blood and pee FedEx overnight to Miami. Miami's got to do the science on it, come up with the results and post them in a database where I can see it and you can see it and anyone who cares can see it. And then you have to sign off your HIPAA compliance because people are looking at medical records. It's very complicated. It's like really hard to do. Um, and if you're in the business like TTS or CET is of helping us get our test results, uh, you have a logistical fucking shitstorm to run because you got blood and pee getting shipped to your labs from all over the country. Right. Right. It's like so complicated. And if it's a day late, maybe it's spoiled. You know, if there's a okay. storm. You're fucked. And then, like, the shipping costs are crazy because it's all overnight everywhere. And then how do you, like, budget for that? Like, I looked into starting a testing business, and I was like, I don't even know how much money you're going to need because you're going to have shipping. You might have shipping from Kentucky to Miami and in the same day, Philly to Miami and in the same moment, Tampa to Miami. You know what I mean? Like, ah, (laughs) it's so complicated. Um, So what happened is these private companies – they kind of do their own thing sometimes and they change rules and they decide 
whether or not to make an announcement that someone tested positive for HIV or something like that, and we should shut down and retest everybody. And there's no regulation on any of it. Oh, okay. So it's be- become a little less safe to rely on these tests, mm. which sucks. Yeah. Um, I still rely on them, but I take PrEP. Uh, I take Truvada every day, so I'm basically HIV proof. Um, <laughs> so it's a problem. And that's that PASS is the organization that is in place to solve that problem. And I'm on the board of that. So it's, it's a bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I was at you led me right into the questions about it, and you answered most of them. It, the one thing that I would like to ask about it, like in a perfect world, how do we take care of the safety and have it be consistent for the performers when it comes to testing? And like my big thing is, you know, almost like having, I guess if you want to put a name to it, like testing deserts where, you know, people have to drive hours to get talent tested or, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, it, it makes it kind of difficult is like in a perfect world. How do you solve that? It's hard. Um, the best in my view, I can only speak for myself and I can speak for the whole board of directors of the past, but in my opinion, the the system needs to be run by people who are in the system. So performers need to be running the system. Not. I have love for Gamma and MindGeek. I mean, I, I know the people that run them. I actually think they're managed quite well, considering how difficult it is to run those companies. Um, I don't think they should be in charge of our tests, though, because they're not the ones that are going to get the STDs. Oh, okay. They're not the ones in danger. It needs to be talent, because talent gives a fuck and will say, hey – Someone just tested there's, – there's a syphilis outbreak again. This is a problem. I don't want to get syphilis. We need to shut down the industry, and this sucks. We're all going to lose work for two weeks, but let's do it. Right. Um, whereas a big production company might be like, but we have all these shoots planned, and we're going to run out of updates. Or talent testing might say, and often does, well, that means no one's going to test for two weeks, and we don't, we're not going to make any money. Ah, uh, okay. Fuck that. So they don't shut down. You know what I mean? So we just keep spreading shit back and forth, and it's a big problem. So talent needs to own it. Uh, it costs about a quarter million to, to have the machine that you use in a lab. That's just the machine that does the lab work. Then you got to build a brick-and-mortar thing around it to do the lab work. So you got to have staff. To, it's about half a million up front to, to have a lab. Wow. Now, it sounds, sounds like, holy shit, who has that, right? But uh, there's hundreds of OnlyFans-rich performers right now hundreds uh who make six figures a month right right now and i don't i know a few of them i don't know all of them i'm assuming that there are dozens of them who don't really know where to invest the money because they're 23 years old you know yeah. and they're like well, should i do an airbnb thing right. <laughs> should my suitcase pimp boyfriend get all the money <laughs> i just started dating this soundcloud rapper he's so cute he wants a motorcycle i should buy him one <laughs> I'm assuming I don't want to like make a generalization, but uh, you know, I mean, come on, it's probably how it's gone. Um, (laughs) Those are very specific examples. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you know, he's a DJ. He's great. He just needs a little help. I'm going to take care of it. You know that. Uh, So half a million to someone like that to invest one back into the industry to keep us safe, but two financially to invest and say, Hey, I want to start a whole fucking business. It's going to make me money for the rest of my life. Right. When you're 23 years old, that's pretty cool. It's risky, but it's cool. If you're making that much money, right? Why not? Yeah. So if 
a few dozen OnlyFans rich people said, all right, I'll start a lab. Fuck it. You know, we'll do one in New York. We'll do one in Miami. We'll do one in Philly. We'll do one in Phoenix. We'll do one in Vegas. We'll do one, you know, and just kind of split up the country. It doesn't fully solve the problem because there's going to be those deserts where it's like shit. Yeah. All right. So then you're going to have shipping problems. But we'll have a network of labs that's bigger than – a lot bigger than what we got now at TTS and CET and Clear. Yeah. So the shipping problems will be less for each each lab, and we'll have to figure it out from there. You know what I mean? Like how do we route this shipping nightware? Um, and it, 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 it's not something you could solve overnight, but I – Pie in the sky, best solution, that's the ticket. It's yeah. just performers who are affected by this problem solve the problem. Right. In my opinion. That's just my opinion. That's not Pass's opinion mm. fully. I mean, Pass is like, fuck yeah, that'd be cool in the board meetings, but I mean, how do we, you know, execute that? Yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah. so in the meantime, we're, we're trying to get TTS and CET and Clear. Clear is pretty cool with us. They're, they're actually great. Uh, they're just new. So they're building up. Trying to get TTS and CET to like, get on the same page as us and like at least report data to us so we can call the industry shutdowns and then we can kind of keep getting through it, you know, yeah. for now. Yeah. Now we're going to get away from the, the heavier stuff that we've been talking about when it comes to age verification and testing and all that stuff. We are going to talk a little bit about your social media and let people get to know you a little bit because what I enjoy doing is combing through people's social media and I like to ask them questions about posts that they have made. Cool. Are you willing? Sounds fun. All right. So you are willing to answer a couple of questions. Let's do it. All right. So the first one I want to ask you about, you wrote, and we actually kind of talked about this, being in my 40s is dope as fuck. Any young adult shit I pull off is a win, but I feel zero pressure to leave my sofa on a Friday night. I can sit and feel wise and stuff. So when you feel that way, like, because even me, I'm older than you are, and there's still that part of me that's like i think i need to go out but what you are saying with this is like no no you really don't yeah i don't feel like i do i mean i'm so right now i'm sitting in my backyard i'm in bushwick um and which is like people don't know new york it's like a it's a lot of things but it's there's a i'm into femme queer people like sexually Mm. like like feminine type like like girls and non-binary types that are feminine and there's a ton of fucking hot fems that are queer that are like a block away from me right now or on my block, walking around, going to bars, going to coffee shops, going to see music everywhere, eating food in the bodegas. Mm. I could go out and I could just go make friends or I could go out and I could try to get laid and I probably could get laid. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it'd be easy. And I'm just like, eh, you know, but I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to stay home. I'm about to switch into my jammies after this call and I'm going to work on my affiliate program and do a little tinkering around the apartment and go to bed early. You know what I mean? Cause I'm recovering from a surgery and, and, and I'm like, feel good about that. Yeah. You know? And when I get lonely, I, I talk to my friends, you know, I, I value, learn to value friendships so much more than like chasing ass, mm. you know? And chasing ass is great too. I mean, I am, Totally flirting was uh, this really pretty girl came over the other day and uh, we were going to talk about maybe filming some movies and 
they I say I say girl is the non-binary type that is very feminine. So they she um, they were after talking for a few minutes, they were like, you know, I don't know. I don't think I want to be on Pornhub. They're an in-person dom like they do pro dom shit full time. And they're like, yeah, I'm down to do sex, but I don't know if I want to be on Pornhub. I just I don't think I'm ready to be front page on the Internet. I was like, cool. Well, let's not talk about that anymore, obviously, because that's a non-starter. You know, I'm not going to shoot you then. Um, and then I, I made them a sandwich, and we ate some tuna sandwiches on my back porch, and we started talking. We started getting along. Next thing you know, we kiss. And I'm like, what just happened there? You know what I mean? It's so great. It was, it was amazing. And um, so, I've, so I've been flirting with them, and it's been fucking dope. It's been making me happy all week. But there's no, like, oh, my God, I got to go see them tonight or get them to come over tonight. Yeah. Or what am I? What if they don't like me? What if they don't? When I was younger, it was like that. Like, what do I need to wear to make them like me? Mm-hmm. Or say or do? Should I be on the internet doing something? Maybe I'll get their attention and they'll like what I'm saying. You know, what are they doing on the internet? Yeah. They, I don't have any of that anymore. It's all like just too fucking tired because right. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> you know, it's like, eh, you know, I really like this person. We'll see how it goes. Right. We might get along, we might not, but we're going to fucking move forward. Mm. And I, I don't have any expectations on it. I'm just like, you know, this is really nice right where it's at, just in this period of flirting. Yeah. I'm really enjoying this right in the moment. And, and, and that, that's what being older is like for me. Yeah, I was going to say, a, a lot of younger people get kind of caught up in that, in the, like, they they don't enjoy, quote unquote, the game as much as older people do because you know when it comes to people in their 40s 50s it's more about making that connection not putting any pressure on it and just letting you know the chips fall where they may where younger people it is just being locked in your head to what's happening and and what you're presenting and that's just so exhausting yeah it was exhausting and maybe it was part of being young and and you know i mean i had some good adventures for sure but i spun my wheels so much you know, going and doing stuff and spending money and spending yeah. energy and time trying to impress people who didn't think about me that much anyway, mm. you know, and I just, uh, you know, different now. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes. Maybe on a 50, I'll be even better. You know, I don't know. I, I hope so. Now, yeah. as you mentioned, uh, you recently moved from Las Vegas to New York. Yeah. Beyond the weather, what has taken the longest to get used to? Oh, man, it's well. I never thought I would want to live in New York. First of all, I always thought, honestly, people would be like, man, New York's awesome. And I'd be like, eh, it's kind of dumb. I mean, there's rats everywhere. It's it's like ugly. It's cold as fuck in the winter and smelly. And like everything's difficult and super expensive. And like it's really hard to run errands even. And like why would anyone want to live there? Like like, I would just go visit. Mm. But now – well, a lot of it's being a trans woman. I feel safe here. Like I feel like I can just walk around and be myself, and it's I see like five trans women every time I go run an errand. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like not weird at all just to be me. And also as a queer person, so now that I'm a girl, I'm 100% gay. When I was a guy, I was like a kind of queerish guy that fucked dudes sometimes. Mm-hmm. But now I'm a girl. I'm a lesbian, so I'm just fully fucking rainbowed up. You know, it's like totally different switch gears on myself. Right. So now I don't feel it's just like a normal, you know, being gay in New York's like normal. It's like not that weird. So I feel safer here. Um, 
it's I make new friends all the fucking time. I mean, all almost every day, I meet someone at a thing, and I we exchange numbers, and then we're friends, and they come over, and I make them soup or a sandwich or pasta or something, or I go to their place, or we go eat, eat out. You know, it's like what I'm just making all these cool friends all the time. Uh, so now I see the magic of New York, like how cool it is. I'm like, it's the people. Yeah. It's the people. That's what it is. It's all these people here. Just kind of, we're all fighting the city at the same time, so we're all on the same side, you know. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So it's cool, and uh, fucking love it here. I love it. But yeah, it took a while to get used to like. Um, here's what's hard. I, I I'm building a gym in my basement. It's almost done, right? Mm-hmm. It's cool. Because it, it, going to the gym in New York is fucking hard, right? Like you got it. Can't you can't just like get in your car and five minutes later you're in a gym. Because you can't get in your – I have a car here, but it's in a garage like three blocks away, you know? <laughs> and then if I got in my car, I couldn't go park it at a gym because there's no parking anywhere. You know what I mean? So I'm like, why do I have a car? So to go to the gym, you got to walk for 20 minutes in the cold or rain or you got to walk five minutes to a subway, get on a subway in your gym shit and then ride the subway for 20 minutes and then get off the subway and then walk for five minutes and then you're in the gym and then you work out and then you go home. This is Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah. So when it comes to little things like – I like to work out five times a week. That's a chore. So I'm like, I'm building a gym. Fuck it. I'm making my own gym. So I did that. But in the process, I ordered a squat rack that didn't – I fucked up when I ordered it. It doesn't fit, right? Uh, okay. So now i got to return a squat rack, <laughs> which which is like 300 pounds of metal. Right. You know what I mean? And big, long pipes of metal, you know? And uh, all these bolts and nuts and shit. And it was shipped to me in seven different UPS packages, right? <laughs> so if I was in Vegas still, it would be a bitch, but it would be just throw it in the truck, drive to the UPS store, sort it out, mm. you know? And like go to a UPS store at like 10 a.m. on a Tuesday and there's no line so I can take my time walking the big-ass metal pieces in and make it an awkward in the UPS store. Like, hey, I'm just stacking up a pile here. I'm going to need some help sorting through this and, <laughs> you know, no biggie, Right, right. I'm in fucking Brooklyn. So I went to two UPS stores before just doing recon. You know what I mean? Before I even had the shit to return. Just like, hey, is it feasible for me to park a truck outside and unload a bunch of – no, not even feasible. Not even possible, right? So my best bet is to drive from Bushwick to New Jersey in my truck, find a UPS store somewhere in the suburbs in New Jersey. And and then do it there. I'm just going to have to scrap it. I'm just going to have to eat it, just take the wow. L and be like, well, I guess instead of returning this, I'm just scrapyarding it. So now I still got to tr- find a fucking scrapyard because <laughs> you know? I can't just like I can't just like throw it away. There's right. no like, you know, I got like a little alleyway with a bunch of trash cans. I can't just like dump a bunch of metal in there. That'd be so fucked up. So that's how New York sucks. It's like when you have something like that, you're like, ugh. You know, like, ha, yeah. ah, but it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, the next tweet I would like to ask you about. You wrote, pajamas at the airport is a special flex. Now, is this about yeah. you or is this just people you're seeing at the airport? So I had never, I always, you know, I'd see like people, especially porn people wearing pajamas at the airport. Yeah. And I would be like, I, I never really judged it. I'd be like, huh, it's cool. I bet it's comfy, whatever. I like to wear normal pants, have pockets, whatever. Um, but this last surgery, I flew to Turkey and back, right? And I was like, I'm just going to wear pajamas because I want to sleep on that plane and I want to be comfy. 
And I, I splurged. I got business class so I could like lay down. I got like the lay down seat. Nice. So I wore my jammies and like flip flops and socks. And uh, I brought a little blankie, which they didn't need because Turkish Airlines gives you a blanket and everything you'd ever want, you know, but whatever. So so now I'm in Istanbul in the Turkish Airlines, um, like, business class lounge, which is literally the size of a mall. It's the size of a shopping. The lounge is the size of a mall. It's got It's like a little city wow. inside the airport because Turkish Air goes hard. I mean, they flex on, like, making everything – fucking fancy i mean it was like the best food all kinds of different coffee and snacks and cookies there's a little library in there there's a little arcade wow. you know what i mean and everyone in there's a baller i mean ball or wearing like versace this and whatever hugo boss flip-flops you know right. what i mean like every you know the all the, all dressed to the nines and i'm just some old trans lady wearing my jammies right. like my tar my target fleece pajama pants they're not even like they don't say juicy on the butt or whatever they're just like you know it's like amazon uh basics yeah you know like and i'm just and but i'm in there with them and i felt like this is the biggest flex here right. like y'all y'all dressed up to be here i'm in my gym right. you know what i'm saying like they're looking at me like who is this bitch right like she doesn't give a fuck she just, she must be in places like this so often that it feels like it's her own living room, you know. So that's what I meant by that. Yeah, like I, it's just, it's just like a, if you're like in first class in your jammies, you're really like pimping, you I, know. Oh, for sure. I I can imagine that you know you're catching these glances and these looks in in your head. You're trying to figure out the questions they're asking themselves about you. Yeah, yeah. It's like. I sat down um, in Turkish Air business class. I was in the library eating some cookies and uh, found a big leather comfy chair to sit in. And um, my face is all jacked up. I got stitches in my face. My neck is like super covered in bruises. It looks like I just got out of like – it looks like I just got assaulted is what it looks like, right? Yeah. I'm just like beat the fuck up. <laughs> and I'm wearing big sunglasses to like cover my eyes because they kind of hurt. And my jammies. You know what I mean? Like, and they're kind of—they're not fancy jammies. They're just jammies, right? Yeah. And and I sit down, but I got my nice shit. I got like a Tumi bag and whatever. Anyway, so I put that down next to me, and I start biting into the cookies. I can barely see because my eyes are so swollen shut. And the cookie is so good. It's like this—they just come correct to Turkish here, like I was saying. So I bite into the cookie, and I'm like, Oh my god, it's so fucking good, like that. <laughs> and I look over, and there's this table full of, um, uh. It, African business guys, they're speaking French. So I don't know what country, country they're from, but they're speaking like African accent French. And they are dressed up in like nice suits. I mean, like tailored suits, right? And I can barely see them, but I can tell they're fancy as fuck. I mean, their hair is perfect, everything, perfect fades, everything. I was like, and they all look at me at the same time. And I don't know if they speak English or not. And I didn't ask. I was just, I just pointed at the cookie and I gave them a big old thumbs up and a big like <laughs> smile. I was like, good. It's so good. And, and they just like nodded, just like, yeah, what's up? That's right. That's right. Good cookie, huh? Then they got back to the business, you know? Wow. <laughs> That's tremendous. It made me feel good. Oh, I'm sure. But, yeah. So we have two more tweets I'd like to ask you about. And the first sure. one plays to you going to Turkey. You wrote, 
Okay, I saw three kitties, but I don't know how to say in Turkish. Now, I thought that was universal. Yeah, I thought so too, but they were these are they're they were really good looking kitties. All over Istanbul there's cats, right? Uh-huh. And they're not I've been to other countries where there's like ant dogs and cats everywhere, but they kind of have mange, you know? Oh, okay. They're like rough looking. In Istanbul they're like clean. Like they must have some city service that like takes care of the street cats. Okay. As I assume, I don't know, because they all look like house cats. And they're just lounging. Like at the mall. There's just like cats <laughs> everywhere. It's fucking cool. And I'm trying to get one of these kitties to, to like hang out with me, you know. And I'm like, hey, psst, psst. kitty, 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 hey, kitty, kitty, kitty. And they're just like, they don't get it. They don't get it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't know how to say this in Turkish. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like, did you ever find out what their is? I didn't. I wasn't there long enough. Uh, I mean, I was in a hospital most of the time. So then, and then I only had like a day on each end of the trip to like fuck around and do Istanbul shit, but. Um, so maybe next time, Okay. you know, I need, yeah. to, I need to know the listeners need to know. They need to know. Cause they might go to Turkey to get a facelift or whatever. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the last tweet I would like to ask you about, I'm not sure if, uh, this is a misspell or if you meant it this way, but it's perfect either way. You wrote, I'm getting better at web clamming, which I really enjoy. Uh, the money will come if I stick with it. Now, yeah. what has been your issues when it comes to webcamming? Is it just kind of kind of finding your flow with it, or is it something else? It really is just consistency. I just got to get my schedule down to where, you know, uh, four or five hours, these four or five days a week, you can count on Lucy Hart being on Chatterbait. You know, that way people know everyone I talk to says that they're like, look, you just got to consistently do it. And you got to be sexy and put on a good show, but you can't just be sexy and put on a good show randomly throughout the month. Like you got to because because people jerk off at specific times in general, you know, for the most part, people have they're like, oh, 10 p.m. Time to jerk off or whatever it is. You know what I mean? You know, I just jerk off on the lunch break. I'm going to jerk off on the lunch break. And people are in different time zones all over the world. So, you know, from what I understand, I'm sure there's better times. But in general, it's just consistency. Mm. So I haven't because the surgeries and moving and getting settled and having, you know, the HVAC guy was over all day today. So, like, you know, I just haven't had time. I haven't blocked it out. But I, I also I like to say web clamming more than webcamming because I, I I mean it sounds better, right? Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, web clamming is it just sounds more top tier. But <laughs> um, but I love it. I really enjoy being on Chatterbait. Um, you know, the, at my best night ever, I made like 350 bucks. So it's I need you know I need to do better than that if I'm gonna pay my bills. Right. But um, so. Oh, financially overall, right? Um, I'm doing scenes for adult time, um, and they're great, and I love them. I've been working for Stella. I'm I'm going to go work for Michael Vegas and Susie in a couple weeks, and uh, loving it. It's good work. It's good money. But, uh, you know, they can only book me as much as they can book me. So it's like once every couple months I got a scene, right? Um, So that ain't going to pay the bills. And then – I'm starting my new network, starting with nice feelings, but that, you know, that takes years to really get profitable. Yeah. So that ain't going to pay the bills. And then 
I've never done in-person sex work. I want to, and I'm going to start doing escorting and dominatrix stuff here in New York. They're like all my friends, but half of my friends here do some kind of hooker stuff or dominatrix stuff, right? That's just like what everyone I know in New York does. So um, I'm going to start doing that, but I'm brand new. I don't know that game. I've never done that. So I can't count on that to pay my bills. I'm thinking it'll help. I'll probably book a session here and there and it'll help. So my OnlyFans is garbage. Like, I mean, it's good. People should log in. There's a lot of good content on there, but I'm just not getting members. People aren't going. Because uh, I'm new. Lucy Hart's new. And if you follow me on social media, you probably followed Lance Hart. Oh, you know? Okay. Okay. So you probably – you might be into guys. You know, and I didn't trans women or whatever it is. I don't know. Well, for whatever reason, I can't seem to make good money on OnlyFans like everyone else. So that's going to take time. So the only natural thing for me to do to make money is webcamming, right? Right. I gotta, I gotta start from scratch. I just, you know, learn the ropes. Uh, so, I think that's gonna be the ticket. Just webcamming four or five times a week on Chatterbait, and I love it though. I love, I love sitting and just talking to the guys. And a lot of people, every time I do it, there's like four or five guys who like want to be sissified. You know, okay. they want like their dick locked up in chastity, and they want to suck a dick. And they love that it's a trans woman who's like a little older talking to him about it with big boobs and is like nice to him about it, you know, and like welcoming and like, oh, honey, I would love to lock up your little dick for you. You could suck my dick. It would be great. Maybe I could whore you out. I have some friends with some really big dicks. We could really stretch out your hole, honey. It'll be great. We'll dress you up. I mean, they are going gaga over that. I just need to do it consistently. So instead of four or five, it's more like 500 people in the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we'll get there. I have no doubt. If there's anyone that's going to make all of this work, it is you. Because you have the drive. You have the creativity. You have the personality, which I've always enjoyed being able to talk with you. And this is definitely no different. This was, this has been absolutely amazing. Well, thanks. Thanks. We're just learning as we go. Right before our call, I was booking my tour stuff. So... Uh, do you go to the shows like, like Exotica and, um, Expos and all that stuff? Uh, I do, uh, typically AVN and I do uh, a couple of the Exoticas. Yeah. Cool. All right. I'll be at Exotica DC and then Exotica New, uh, New Jersey. Oh, fantastic. And I then, there as well. um, Amsterdam Expos and then the CES affiliate conference in Prague. Okay. Um, and then. I don't think I'm going to do Cyprus. I was going up, but I don't think I'm going to do that. And then, uh, but yeah, just thanks. I'm, I'm trying to just figure out what Lucy does. So, and a lot of that is just, I got to pay my dues again. I mean, I'm not, I'm a, a porn veteran, like, you know, 16 something years, but Lucy's new to the fans. Like no one knows who Lucy is really. So Lucy's got to go to the trade shows and be in a booth and sign and webcam and all that. So, that's been the game, you know, start it back up. Well, I will make sure to find you for sure. And we'll get some pictures taken and we'll, we'll make it a thing. I, I can't wait. Hell to yeah. Again, for sure. Hell yeah. Good deal. I'll be in the queer crush booth for DC and New Jersey. Okay. I just, I just, I just paid to do that. So queer crush is uh, my friend, uh, Electra rain runs that oh. it's, it's a independent pay site. Um, uh, and, it's awesome. It's an awesome site. It's like really cool. I've done some performing on it. And uh, so, so Electra's going to have a booth. So I'm going to 
I, I took a little bit of the cost, and I'm going to be in the booth, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Well, once again, this has been an absolute pleasure to be able to speak with you. Before I let you go, one more time, can you please tell everybody where they could find you on social media? Absolutely. It's uh, Mama Heart X, so M-A-M-A-H-A-R-T-X. And OnlyFans is the same thing. And it says Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, OnlyFans. And then the new website is going to be NiceFeelings.com. That's the new pay site with the queer BDSM stuff. Amazing. Uh, once again, thank you for all of your time. And I just I cannot wait to see what the future has in store for you. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for doing the call. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Have a great night.